You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound. It's your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Happy to have you rock with me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. Happy Monday, folks. I hope you've had a great weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On and get 20% off your next order. If you got your Bill Bar, you had some Coors Light for the weekend, you just overall had a great time enjoying Duke get throttled <laughs> this past weekend. It was a nice change from Carolina not to have to worry about every single play. I'm sure you didn't have to have any sort of heart palpitations or anything. You just from start to finish, Carolina took care of business. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We're going to go over the Duke-UNC game. A lot of stats that we want to, you know, highlight some of our players doing big things, of course. We're going to go over five key observations. How did we do? Did we handle business like we were supposed to? Let's talk about it. Finally, we've got some other Carolina sports news talking about basketball. Field hockey had some great highlights of the weekend. We're going to discuss that here. So let's get right on into it, shall we? First up, we've got to talk about Mac Brown. He was pleasantly surprised from the team's performance. We're going to take a listen to what the coach said because, you know, sometimes it just sounds a lot better when it comes straight from the horse's mouth. So let's take a listen to how Mac felt about his team's performance on Saturday. I'm really pleased with our team. This is a very important game for the University of North Carolina. Um, started in 1904, I think, and 48 years you've been playing for the Victory Bell, and it's really important to keep it for your your fans and your fan base. And um, I applaud our players and our coaches for understanding uh, how important this game is and, and, and playing so hard. And, and credit Duke, they got behind early and they, they kept playing hard and David's guys aren't going to quit. That, that's just part of it. So uh, really pleased with the offense. We, we weren't as good in the third quarters. We were the first two. Uh, we, we had the one interception that hurt us. Uh, but they were five for five when it mattered in, in the red zone for touchdowns. They were uh, rushed for, for what, 300, 338 yards on 47 carries. Uh, made four fourth down situations that uh, were were really important in the first half. Defensively, I thought we played a lot better. We forced some turnovers. Um, we we stopped the run, other than some big runs. Uh, well, the uh, two or three runs we just uh, can't have. They're unacceptable. Uh, but by and large, we played much much better on defense, uh, except for the giving up the big runs. I thought the secondary without uh, Kyler McMichael and and without Don Chapman. Um, played really well. Uh, they, they hung in there. So, um, but too many penalties for sure. We, we had uh, uh, two hands to the face, which we haven't had. Uh, and then we have a, uh, a two roughing the, the quarterbacks. And I didn't see Tamans. The one on Ray was a, a hit down around his knees, and that's called roughing the quarterback now um, differently than it used to be. Um, so the, those are things that, that we can correct, but we, we had two really long third down situations that we allowed them to come back and, and uh, make because of penalties. So we've got to clean up the penalties. Uh, we can still pack tackle a little bit better, uh, but we had some fourth down stops. Um, and I thought, and, and we got to play a lot of people. And, and that was other than winning the game, probably the most important thing. The, um, a lot of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter, we're, we're playing 
um, a lot of people that haven't played very much, and that should really help us down the road. So a few things taking away from what Coach said, talking about obviously the third quarter stumbling a bit, and you know I was ready for them to blank Duke. I think if we're talking about, oh, well, they can take off a couple plays, they'll be fine. Not with Carolina. You want to just practice good habits. You want to practice domination all the time. If your defense can't you know, stop a Duke team, let's, have, let's get a little concerned because we're going to have some key matchups as we go down the stretch here with Wake Forest and Notre Dame and Miami. So let's make sure we tighten things up now with teams that we know we can beat. That way we're not having any concern when it's time to go up against some offenses that might put on for a better performance. Obviously, a Chase Bryce is not comparable to a Derrick King so I want to make sure that we're doing what we have to do in order to be prepared for those kind of guys also mentioning the fact that we had a lot of young guys get the opportunity to play and he said saying like you know again it's great when you win but it's even better when you can do it with multiple people who getting a chance to you know get some things under their belt as we look to next season as we talk about Mac Brown always harps on the recruiting that he's doing and all the big names that are coming in for next year and how he's trying to just continue continue to get better and continue to build Carolina's program. So it really was deja vu. Carolina comes in, they come off of a hard loss, playing a night game, have a noon game, and dominate, and they dominate against a rival. So beating both State and Duke says a lot about where this program's at, they're trying to get. So let's listen to a couple of the players talking about how they felt in beating Duke. First up, we're going to talk to Jeremiah Gimmel, and then you're going to hear from Sam Howell and how they felt about beating Duke for the second time in a row. I'm just glad that we could get the seniors uh, another uh, win in a row for them and hopefully continue the streak. Yeah, I mean, it feels good. Uh, I mean, we know how, how important this game is uh, and just how much it means to, to our fans and how much it means to people in this state. So that's something we definitely want to accomplish every year is keeping that bell in Chapel Hill. Um, so, I mean, I definitely feel good about the way we played today. Another part of Sam Howell's interview that I wanted to highlight was him speaking on Javante Williams and Michael Carter's receiving abilities this season and how that's really, again, helped Carolina's offensive performance so far. Uh, yeah, we're really lucky. Uh, I think that's one way where both those guys have really improved from last year is in the passing game. Um, they've been really big, a really big part of our passing game this year. Um, that's something both of those guys put a lot of time into. I feel really comfortable throwing to both of those guys. Uh, you know, a lot of times on third down, People just kind of drop and they're worried about our receivers and our backs are wide open underneath and then they, they have a lot of space for catch and run. So we do, we're definitely blessed to have those guys as a part of a passing game and they've done a really good job with it this year. Michael Carter and Javante Williams certainly had a day. Javante putting up 17 touchdowns on the season, the most in the nation, four touchdowns for the Duke Carolina game, which was just incredible he made football look extremely easy like just let guys slip through him he spoke a lot to how he doesn't really know how it gets done and, you know he's very nonchalant about it doesn't care that he's not in the highest in conversation he just wants to play good football he wants to win for his team and so that was certainly something that we can all root for Michael Carter having two touchdowns on the day and he also makes guys juke and jive and it makes it kind of embarrassing for them but I'm certainly happy for those two Daz Newsom and we also had Yummy Brown doing big things per usual and you know just again it was a great day to be a Tar Heel it was a great day to just see guys dominate and I'm again happy for that offensive performance but defensively I want to talk about how the leadership looked in terms of just what you saw on Saturday it looked like guys were just really into the game they're really focused and really harping on the fact that they can't take Duke lightly which I certainly think that at the end of the day you shouldn't take any team lightly but it helped that Carolina just really put an extra emphasis on that for the week and we listened to Jeremiah Gimmel talk about the dif different schematic you know mindset going into Saturday's game so let's take a listen here 
Um, yeah, we knew coming into the game that, I mean, Duke wasn't really – they didn't really pride themselves on running the QB. They they wanted to get the balls uh, – the touches on the backs a lot. So um, the game plan was totally different going this week compared to Virginia uh, Virginia last week. Um, we focused more on their stretch game, their inside zone, and their counter uh, rather than a QB run game. Last player interview of the day that I wanted to highlight, Chaz Surratt, speaking to the team's leadership from a defensive standpoint and just how great he thought his squad did on the day. I mean, everybody in the defensive room uh, really wanted to come out and play hard this week, uh, not let it, not soak on it, just be ready for this week and come out and play hard and get the bad taste of our, out of our mouth. Um, so that, that was really the, the mindset of the, the defense uh, from the defense perspective um, for the week. And we just want to come out there and play hard and, you know, go out there and win the game for us. Final there from Wallace Wade, 56-24. Again, the Carolina offense just doing their thing. Defense making sure that they are cleaning up some mistakes that we've seen in the past. And, you know, give it to Duke for still trying to perform, still trying to give themselves a little bit of runs. We had a lot of long runs from Mateo Durant and Deion Jackson action. But all in all, Carolina took care of business, 56-24. So we can walk away knowing that we're 5-2, and two, still trying to climb back into the top of the conference and just make sure that we are able to deliver. Because at the end of the day, all we can do is control what's in our hands. We can only control our destiny. We can win out and we can just hope for the best. I really wish State would have won on Friday. I really wish Clemson would have won on Saturday. But that's just where we are with it. So we'll just cross our fingers. And if not, we'll just learn from our mistakes and know that we can't beat one-win teams, period. And that's just what that is. So how did we do when it came to the key observations? Let's talk about that next on Locked on Tar Heels. Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can leave me five stars, leave a review, all that good stuff. I appreciate it greatly. So let's go over our five key observations we have for the Carolina Duke game. Again, Carolina putting up a dominant performance and just, whoo, it was an offensive clinic for the Tar Heels. Now, we said, number one, the defense must step up, and I think they certainly did. I will give them credit for doing you know, some great things, having a day where it wasn't just all about the offense, but defense made, you know, Duke look silly, which is exactly what I said they had to do. And I said also, if there was ever a game where Carolina could ensure <laughs> some victory, it would have been by making Duke look crazy. And, you know, Duke helped them out by being Duke, but it, it was plain and clear to see that Duke was just not that good. Duke struggling this year. All intents and purposes, all things considered, Duke is having an off year. Chaz Surratt finishing with 12, t- 12 tackles. Cam Kelly with 11. Jeremiah Gimmel with 9. You know, just making sure, having the opportunity to, you know, be in the game, be, you know, aggressive on every single play, not letting up. Chaz Surratt with a fumble, uh, fumble recovery and, you know, having guys miss. Uh 
it was just a great time for me to see, you know, new guys, DeAndre Hollins with an interception. And you had, you know, it was just a, a great opportunity for guys to just really get into the game. And I just, I kudos to them for not, you know, backing down when a lot of people written, wrote them off after Virginia's loss. Now, number two, don't depend on the run game. Clearly, I'm a liar. That's all Carolina did all day. But it wasn't because, you know, they just fed Javante and Michael and that was all their offense was. It literally just was working. And I kudos to, again, uh, Javante Williams for having four touchdowns on the first half of the game and just pretty much sealing the deal, sealing everyone's fate. I just, if you pack up a good, if they were fans, I'm sure they would have packed up and went home because it was just a slaughterhouse season. But also, Michael Carter, making sure his voice was known and making sure he was able to get things done on that side of the ball. And, you know, again, kudos to new guys, Emory Simmons, who, of course, doesn't get that much burn, but definitely has the potential to be a great receiver when it's all said and done. Daz Newsom having a new day or day that we've seen him in the past, but especially today, six receptions for 57 yards. He was one of the great leaders that kept us in the game last year and certainly just repeated his performance. So all in all, great from there for using every weapon available for Carolina. Now, number three, special teams needed a day. Let's see just, you know, how Carolina did when it came to special teams. Obviously, it's always good when there's some kickoff returns, but Michael Carter only having one kick return for five yards and Daz Newsom having two for 15 yards, <laughs> which is cool, I'm, I guess, but made all, uh, you know, Atkins made all his extra points. But again, that's a place where we still can get better. That's a place where we can still run some balls back. I saw it during the NC State game. Shout out to Zay uh, Bam Knight, who had a great, you know, run back. I'm like, man, if only, right? If only Carolina could just figure out how to run a ball back, I think I would just be like, kiss this guy, so happy. Number four, don't play down to competition. Hallelujah. Carolina did not play down to competition because, let's be honest here, Duke had some great players. And they might not be great as a collective team, but Victor Dimukeji and, you know, Chris Rump were excellent defenders. They didn't have the day, I'm sure, that they were hoping to have. But let's be honest here. Those are some of the best defenders in the country. And they were had opportunities to give Sam Howell a day but didn't quite get it done. Let's also have the conversation about Mateo Durant and Deion Jackson who had some nice very long runs for the day, which honestly made it a little frustrating because you're like, yep, that's that Carolina defense. Still not quite where they need to be because I wanted them, again, to blank Duke because that's why I feel like Duke's team is this year. Didn't Weren't able to get that done, which let me know there's still areas of improvement for the Tar Heels. Now, number five, don't give Duke confidence. Again, the C word has been crippling Carolina all season. We have one-win teams, FSU and uh, Virginia, who only had one win on the season when heading into playing Carolina, you can't give teams who are under 500 any sort of confidence that they can beat you. And I honestly think from start to finish, when you're going up by 21 points, that just pretty much puts a nail in the coffin. You try and chip away. Unfortunately, Duke didn't have you know the type of team that can chip away and come back in this conversation. But I'm appreciative of Carolina staying on and making sure that second half they did not let up. As Mac Brown mentioned, challenging his guys to make sure that they did not let up in the second half. Don't take off the brakes. Like, I know it's a rival, and I know, like, you want to make it a little interesting. But let's not do that. You know, let's just dominate. Why not? Because that's what we do with NC State. You know, let's, let's just go ahead, steal this one away, wipe our hands of it, and go back and drive, you know, 15 minutes down the road, take showers in our own place, and go on about our day. <laughs> 
<laughs> so grateful to see another win for the heels again have a tough road ahead of us you know it's not going to be easy it's not going to be one that we can just sleep on but i certainly hope that carolina can get things done next week we face wake forest and then a wake forest team that is not no slouches you know they are not a team that we take lightly obviously we saw when we played them last year, we couldn't quite, you know, get up to snuff and we tried to come back in the game. We just needed five more minutes. Typical Carolina, if we had five more minutes left in the game, we probably would have come back. But we don't get that. You know, 60 minutes, that's what we need. Hard play for all 60. You also see that we still have Notre Dame, Miami, and Western Carolina on the board. So I'm just – I'm hoping – that we don't have to have a bounce back game where we just dominate Western Carolina because we lost to Miami Notre Dame. I'm hoping that they can just really dial in now and see that, yes, on paper, you have what it takes to be a top tier team. Now you must do what you say on paper that we've seen under, you know, teams that are not necessarily scrubs, but you know, a little bit, actually, funny note, can I mention how it was all shady when one of the commentators was on on Saturday talking about how Carolina, they were playing a uh, scrimmage. I was like, dang, that's really insulting to Duke. That's an aside. Anywho, I think that Carolina has shown itself, you know, proven itself worthy of playing teams or defenses that aren't that great or low tier when it comes to the conference. Can you step up now after seeing a Notre Dame who's riding on a serious high? Can you step up for a Miami who's riding on another high? Can you do that, right? Can you come in and dominate? That'll be the true test. Like, yes, I don't want us to look past Wake Forest because we all know that they can really give us some trouble, but I do want us to really just, okay, have that conversation in the mirror. You have what it takes to be great. I need to see that day in and day out. I need you to step up. I don't need you to now rest on laurels. Like we have to still be a dominant team and clean some things up still. So that's my two cents on Carolina football for the week. And I want to end on some good news when it comes to other sports in Carolina world. Let's talk about those next on Locked on Tar Heels. All right, folks, as you know, I am on this new fitness journey since retiring from swimming. I have been looking for great treats to stay fit but keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health-conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Head to BuiltBar.com now and use promo code Locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Final thoughts of the day as we head into our Priceless Gems segment. I'd like to highlight good things that are happening for the Tar Heels in Carolina athletics. Obviously, it's one thing when Carolina dominates on the football field, but it's a whole other thing when they dominate on other fields. We had the winningest field hockey coach in history, number 701 for Coach Shelton for the Carolina Tar Heels. Congratulations to Coach Shelton for, you know, dominating the field hockey game for as long as she has. 701 wins is nothing to snuff at. We saw Roy Williams going out to support her and all of that. And we obviously are used to dominance and, you know, victories on the highest scale when it comes to our coaching staff. Anson Dorrance will be one of the winningest, if not the winningest soccer coach in in soccer women's soccer history so teams of excellence is just how we do you know university of national champions like we always say again if you missed friday's show announced about season ticket holders and arena capacities for unc women's and men's basketball they are figuring it out as they go it's going to be very interesting to see if carolina gets to have any 
fans in attendance, as we know. Being in outdoor stadiums is one thing, but indoor arenas with everything that's going on is a whole other thing. Don't know if you're keeping up with the whole COVID. And when we first started this thing, we were talking about clusters galore. And as you can see, 100,000 cases, new cases of COVID have come around the bend. And I don't know if you guys will watch South Bend this weekend, but their entire, seemed like their entire campus was on the field. And I guess people are just trying to figure out what the heck is going on with a pandemic that we're still in. Some people are a little confused. I don't know why, but here we are. So it'll be interesting to see if we get to have people watching in the Dean Dome this season or in Carmichael Arena. So we'll keep tabs on that. But make sure you guys are following. Again, we're trying to bring in some interviews as we gear up for a Carolina basketball season. I want it to be really special and talk to some guys who have, you know, obviously got some rings, been a part of some the winning culture that is Carolina, but more importantly, what they are liking about these new guys. A lot of good energy seems to be built around these young fellas and how they're going to change Carolina basketball. As we know, 14 wins last season was nothing to remember, and we don't want to harp on it, but we certainly want to see improvement there. So make sure you guys are tuning in every single day, up to 30 minutes. We're going to talk Carolina athletics as we always do. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow about Wake Forest, and as we're gearing up for yet another game, more importantly, who's on a different watch list for Carolina basketball? It just is going to keep getting interesting, so make sure you guys stay smart and stay safe out there. Wear those masks, please. As always, go Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.